1: O'clock hour on Wes and Walker, Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in for Wes, and the Nada Edwards. You can find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe, and you can find him producing one of the best college basketball. Should I just go ahead and call it the best college basketball podcast? Why are you gonna insult me
2: by just saying one of the best? It is the best. I am involved, therefore it is the best.
1: I on college basketball podcast. Oh wait, we have competing pods though. Fiddy's giving me a stank face Uh over there. Fiddy, do you feel offended? Yours is the best North Carolina college basketball podcast. Okay, okay. I just wanted to hear you say
3: it because you don't listen to it.
1: And Nada is the – I'm going to skip right through it. (laughs) Nada is the all-encompassing best college basketball podcast. It's just basically a family reunion here today at WFNZ. We had Jim call in a little while ago. (laughs) Borderline curse on air, but, you know. I mean, what's another dump button that we can just go ahead and press again? It's happening the last couple of weeks, apparently. Not as coming back after being an OG member. Not OG, but like an MG, a middle well, well, G.
2: Well, well, I was here.
1: I, I had, you were I, here. Yeah, I
2: had a little stretch. You had, had a little stretch.
1: That's, oh, yes. For you locked on Hornets fans, <laughs> your inside joke of having a little stretch. It's fantastic. Um, well, I've got a lot of stuff I want to get yeah. to you with, and we've got a whole hour to get to industry talk, baseball nostalgia, yeah. Hornets
2: feelings. Because this draft was a doozy, so is free agency. It's about I, to be. Can we start this off by saying I need Hornets fans to seek therapy this summer? Like, instead of having okay, I the,
1: think people like, would be welcoming of
2: that. Like, like let's have let's just have a massive group session of letting all the baggage go <laughs> because all the baggage clearly popped up when this Scoot or Brandon Miller thing came up. Mm-hmm. So I really would prefer just everybody. Let's go get some therapy. Let's woo saw this out. And then by Summer League, by the end of Summer League, we're all together. We all have basically a nice – let's be cohesive because we've been divided. Everybody treated this like the Bloods and the Crips, and we didn't need to do this. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, like, I get it. There's so much baggage, but we got to let this baggage go.
1: The Scoots and the Millers. Let's come together. Yeah, let's we, come together. Let's come together. I agree with that. Uh, I did want to get to the text line 704 570 I asked if Italian feathers being ruffled were different than normal feathers because Biff Poggi said that his Italian feathers were about to be ruffled because of the state of the program financially. Moose said as an Italian, it depends on the situation. And a couple of other people are discussing their whatever background they come from. Feathers are ruffled just listening to what Biff Pogey was having to say. So we've got some good text on that route. Um, I did want to read some more of the Charlotte stuff because yes. I want to get to that with you first.
2: Cause, no, because I we, I have a really interesting observation we talked about off wax. What is it? <laughs> you know, we already talked like imagine coming in like let's say you were just started working at WFNZ mm-hmm. and the first thing you did was say you know what my budget isn't big enough I you <laughs> called your bosses broke after i
1: signed the deal after
2: like immediately after your first like press thing you just went in there and called your bosses and your donors broke i need more support which your broke ass <laughs> give me the money we're I need to win football a. games. <laughs> exactly.
1: Did he just come in and straight up Rick James stomp his dirty feet all over? I mean, I guess it's not a nice. It's not the it nicest if we don't have enough money to pay for the it's household. Close,
2: but he called it like he. It's it's a different Chappelle show skit. What's the skit? It's, legitim- it's legitimately the hide your folk hide, hide your money folks so or poor people around. <laughs> Except <laughs> all the poor people he's calling oh, are brim. his bosses. I love That's
1: it. What that is. Yeah, I went with the wrong. I was in the right neighborhood, just at the, at the wrong house with that example. All right, so let. Let's talk about this a little bit more so. I do want to get to some of these texts coming in. Uh, 805 wrote in, as a Charlotte student, I agree with the coach. If we want a good football team, we need community support. I don't want my tuition going to this stuff, but if companies like Wells Fargo, Bank of America want Charlotte to be world-class and they want it to be a a world-class city, they should open up the checkbook. We do have a couple of other texts coming in, Um, continuing to scroll. Rev Kev said, at least Biff has a competent team, makes me sick that my catamounts can't figure out the SoCon. Ooh, yeah. yeah, sorry for you. Uh, yeah. yeah, for uh, you, Catamount fans out there. Um, and Salty Pirate, of course. Salty Pirate, ECU fan. UNCC's UNC Charlotte. Salty success in the AAC will be like the Panthers in the NFL and the Hornets in the NBA. Suck city. All right. Well, that's well, one well, way to that go about wasn't it.
2: Necessary? Why are we doing this
1: on a Friday? And there's so much disrespect. Um, what do you think about Biff Poji's comments on the Kyle Bailey show yesterday, Nada, and the whole chicken and egg concept? Money contributing to winning, winning contributing to money. It feels like this is the job you sign up for with
2: any opening that you have. Like you can be especially promised- here, though. That right. I, I think that's my issue. Like you knew what you were getting with. Like you knew what it was when you signed up. You knew that this job was going to be a renovation job. And again, I love Coach Healy. I'm one of those that thought maybe he deserved another year. But at the same point, you knew that this was going to take money. You also just saw your counterpart on the basketball side decide, you know what? I don't like this job. I'm going to go back and go get my old thing in Charlottesville.
1: Like Yeah, is- that opportunity rose too. Like I don't fault him for that. Yeah. Because if if you're already on real thin ice, another bad year, you'd have been out the door.
2: My, I mean, there was already so then, much pressure. Even then, though, like you're deciding to go back and go get your old job, like the old job that you really didn't necessarily think about. Like, you didn't necessarily want that. You know, re-
1: like you didn't really. But, re- but it's the best option if you're about to get fired in a year. Eh. You might as well take control while the control is there to be had.
2: There was there was always there's always another job, I guess. And, and you know yeah. what? You're right. He could have he co- went back. He's going to like, I'm going to improve my stock. I'm going to prove that this was Charlotte and not my ability. And I understand all of that. But when Biff sees all this and sees that the lack of money, like there's there's kind of a baldness to this that I wouldn't have had. But you know what? He's coming in. He's coming in brash. But it's like you guys said early in the first hour. He better win because if not, this is going to get – this like those Twitter fingers are going to get him. The, the comments are clearly going hmm. to get him. And I, like the other thing I guess is – with this is he does have a point Charlotte because we go back to the interne- interim uh coach head coaching search from basketball yeah the NIL collective isn't there and for someone that's going that's going to a new conference that has NIL collectives in, in droves you needed that you also have again you don't have the NIL situation situated which is bi- basically the biggest thing you are being passed by at least in basketball not only by Davidson right now, but probably by Queen's University in about a year or two. Like, so you have all of these situations. This is an uphill climb. I understand the bravado. I understand, like, m- just rallying the troops. But at some point, the message becomes just so harsh that people are going to tune you out sooner or later. Than well, it's that. so quick. That was yeah. the problem. It's
1: so quick. It's so harsh. It's. It's just bad messaging right from the get-go, even if the content, the point of the message is not off base whatsoever. I do understand what he's talking about, trying to keep as much talent here as possible. If these other schools are going to come in and say, hey, you had a great year. You want more money at a bigger program? Okay. Like, yeah, I understand Biff is trying to get out in front of that, so it makes a lot of sense. Let's go to the text line, 7045709610. Yeah. We were having the conversation of best beers, which is some radio topic gold. It's yeah. it's about to be July, Nada. What do you want from me? Okay. No, no, we're going Mount, back to the one. It's
2: well. Mount Rushmore <laughs> I, I, get what it, I get what it is right now.
1: Um, number one troll said, low key, no cap. I think shower beers are overrated. I don't he's think. He's right. That. No. He, he's right. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fiddy's Fitty, had it, Okay. First, we talk about a different college basketball podcast, and now we're calling shower beers overrated. Fitty's not here for any of it. The only point you and number one troll might have is that you're obviously taking a hot shower, so the temp on the beer, it rises pretty quickly.
2: So what would it look like if I accidentally watered down my beer? But you're going to keep it away. Don't you
1: have enough space? I mean, we're not in the studio apartment anymore, are we? With the shower that's just all around. You can't escape in the shower without getting the water hit. Like, you can you can put the beer somewhere else for a little bit.
2: OK, we'll see. I mean, it, it, It's it's kind of over. Like I said, it's he's got a point. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying he has a point. Um,
1: our guy Brian also wrote in in the same vein of the shower beer. One of the best beers is the post swim beer. Pre and post swim beer is fantastic.
2: Pre pre you might end up cramping up but post. Absolutely. That is absolutely such, you are such an old head for that. I, I I just turned forty. I got strength to do anything now. <laughs> now. You're not. You're not forty. Yeah. I wish. I I wish I was lying. I wish I was lying. It's the same thing with
1: West too. Like we just didn't. Expe- <laughs> when West turns forty, we're just like, wait. What? Nobody thought he was forty. Nobody is, and that was about. Well, I was thinking it. We got a couple Leonard Hamiltons. I did. So what I wanted to refrain from, Nada, (laughs) was the forty-year-old black guy comparison. Hey, they're forty. Hey, they're black. Let's make that comparison. But you just led me there with a bread uh, breadcrumb trail, and I had to take it. I'm sorry.
2: At this point, I'm I'm not yet Roger Murtaugh on Lethal Weapon one. Oh wow, there you go. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay,
1: that's fine. Um, yeah. Now we've got Moose writing in about toilet beers. That's a Mac take. Do
2: you think Mac drinks toilet beers? What kind of see, this is the other like this is the other part, the far ranging part of the two Americas I just can't get with.
3: toilet beer for what? For who? <laughs> I mean, Mac does take his diet Mountain Dew downstairs to the pooper every morning. If if you are taking your diet Mountain Dew to the toilet, then you're, you're definitely taking, taking beer.
1: Yeah, you're doing that. Yeah, that's why I think it's uh, it's a Mac take as well. Wolfpack James said nothing beats the beer on the beach, and it's always the first one in whatever scenario you're in, right? because yeah. it's just the most refreshing it's going down the easiest compared to all the other ones moose said it was a mac reference there you go yeah so we got of that of course it is yeah we, of course it is we got that 100 percent correct um <laughs> let's go ahead also and discuss this one text that we got in i'm trying to find oh, no. the name of it no it's okay it's just about the charlotte hornets you were talking about a the therapy, therapy session yes. we can set the foundation before Please. we continue on in the next segment somebody was like yeah let's just have a group Ayahuasca smoking session for Hornets fans.
2: That's banned by the new CBA, by the way. Ayahuasca is yes. Oh, the these- new NBA CBA has banned ayahuasca. Marijuana's off, but ayahuasca absolutely.
1: Adam Marijuana. Silver saw Aaron Rodgers and said, "No, thank you." Put that well, you in know, writing. He sees
3: Kyrie too. Put it in writing, damn it! I don't want
2: Aaron
1: <laughs>
3: Rodgers here in the association. Could you imagine if John ja Morant found that stuff? Well, Kyrie. Kyrie. Well, yeah, but you know, like I mean. No, I got you. Ja, it's, see, I, th-
1: I view that differently. You're right to go to someone that's having problems off the court right now, but I think Kyrie is the brain you don't want on ayahuasca.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And also, you got to remember, like, John ja, Moran ja, ja, ja is kind of playing gangster. He's CB4. I like think
1: kind of like that. Yeah, ayahuasca. That's not the type of crowd. That's not the type of thing no. that John Moran is smoking. Absolutely. It's not ayahuasca. Um, man, I, here's here's what I want to do. I want to send this question to the text line. Oh, boy. What kind of takes does Kyrie Irving have if he smokes ayahuasca? 704 yes, 570. You know what? Let's go. 9610. <laughs> what kind of takes is Kyrie Irving spewing if he is in the middle of smoking ayahuasca? 704 570 9610. We'll get to Hornets Field. Industry talk, baseball, nostalgia. Within the hour, it's all still to come. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio, 927 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McKrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken, they're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: All right, I'm learning a lot about ayahuasca. That's going on, on the text line. I appreciate every, look, here I am talking about smoking it. Clearly, I've never done it before. If you didn't know, now you know. Some people are writing in Hurricane Mark. You don't smoke ayahuasca. You drink it. 704, much more matter of fact at first. He said, it's a drink. ISSA, it's a drink. DMT wow. is the active ingredient that separately gets smoked. And so, I'm learning a lot about ayahuasca
2: today. Thank you very much. I'm glad that we've you've turned the mm-hmm. the, the text line into a dare commercial, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm 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 thankful that you've done that on a Friday.
1: It reminds me of The Water Boy where Lawrence Taylor's <laughs> message to the kids is don't smoke crack. Kids, yeah, he don't would know. drink ayahuasca. That's what you learned today on Weston Walker with Nada Edwards in Studio. Man, we're really coming with a bang on this one. It's no rules <laughs> Friday. I apologize for nothing. I apologize for nothing. Um all right, we asked you also the takes that Kyrie Irving would have if he was drinking ayahuasca. Rowdy said Kyrie would actually change his mind on the shape of the planet from flat to square. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you I, think you I, don't I, think that's going I, on? No. Well, a couple people have written in about the planet shape because that's the thing that got Kyrie really on the map with some of these takes that he has. Um, Moose just said, you know what? He's actually just gonna—he's actually gonna be persuaded that the Earth is round instead of flat anymore.
2: I mean, there's a possibility he would just be normal. That's, very, that's what very people are writing low. in. Yeah, very low possibility, but a possibility nonetheless. Yeah, does does he just does he still
1: bring sage to away games if he's on ayahuasca? Absolutely. Yeah, he probably is doing know. that more who so. Know. He's probably like, this is great, one hundred percent.
2: He might he might though. Here's the thing. Here's the crazy part. He might actually insist on personal responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? No, who knows? Not Kyrie. Uh, it, Crazier things have happened.
1: Uh, um, Trophy Husband wrote in, I think Kyrie accepts the world as round but believes Adam Silver is an alien. That's a great one.
2: That's actually a good one. (laughs) That's actually a good one. Like, I can see him being like, you know, Men in Black is real. Oh, God. I love
1: Adam Silver, man. Like, uh, yes, I love the way that He is the way he looks, the way that he gets made fun of in a lot of the Dan Levitard. He looks like skits. It is funny, though. You absolutely could take an outline of Adam Silver and an outline of the stereotypical alien you think of. And you might not be able to tell the difference of that outline.
2: I mean, there's that or the Mr. Slugworth from Willy Wonka. One of those two. No, Mr. Slugworth. That's
1: a deep cut. You're very welcome. I played Willy Wonka in my sixth grade play one time. I was great. I won Drama King Award that year. Now you know. Oh god. It's fantastic. 704-570. What, <laughs> what have I accepted? Um, you've accepted a role on Weston Walker to talk about your Hornets' feelings. That's oh, what dude. you've accepted. This is what we need to move on to, yes, god, we because, do. because boy.
2: Five weeks of mayhem. It was mayhem. It, I mean, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't mayhem as it was just out in outright civil war. That's what it was. Let's be real with it. Like people were judging your taste. Depending on who you liked as a prospect, some of us in this studio might have been fanning the flames towards one of those guys. So, so here, here's what we can talk about. Yes,
1: I really do want to get into our feelings, yes. both joke worthy and yeah. also serious, because I was a huge fan of Scoot. To nobody's surprise, yeah. everybody knew how much I loved Scoot. So was I. If you listened to Lockdown Hornets, you knew how all Scoot we were. By yeah. the way. Doug Branson, I've heard a couple of people say there was nobody more ready or that needed the draft to end more so than Doug Branson on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
2: He's right, except <laughs> for me, like me, because I you was, needed it too. Yeah, because it was I was doing national stuff for this, and I was a, I was paying attention, and the big thing that, and I guess, and I hate to open up old wounds, and I understand people are okay with the Brandon Miller thing, and I understand people see Scoot as this. Derrick Rose, this next John Morant, this next great point guard. My question to everybody thinking that is, what if he's just Stefan Marbury? And Marbury was a great point guard. I was about to say Coney Island's finest, Coney thank Coney Island's fi- finest. But how many winning seasons did that guy have? How much did he actually contribute to winning?
1: Well, this is what I want to discuss because Stephon Marbury – if you just want to roll and pigeonhole that specific example, Stefan yeah. Marbury is still a
2: good player, right? Very good player. It's Scoot Henderson. Now, obviously, uh, one caveat I got to throw out there. Yeah. Minus the Vaseline eating incident oh. on, on whatever stream that was back in two thousand seven, two thousand
1: eight. All right. Here's what I want to know: What is Stephon Marbury eating on ayahuasca? Seven zero four five seven. That's. We need to stop that, please. Um. The Scoot Henderson comps, the Brandon Miller comps, yeah. the vitriol towards the other side. I Look, man, I will say, you didn't help, Nada, because what you did on these airwaves when we here's got the the thing. You when know you what you said. The, yeah,
2: you know, I know what you said. I know what I said. And, I, and here's the thing. I am allowed to change my mind when I get more information. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that changed my mind was more information and people telling me, hey, you're being an idiot in the DMs. Yeah, but the thing about the more information stuff too, right? And
1: that's fine. You can change your mind. Like, this is the problem. You can absolutely change your mind. I don't hate it if you like Brandon Miller more. I don't, you know, it's fine if you like Scoot Henderson more. But it did get to a point was really contentious between both. The thing about it was with Brandon Miller, if you drafted him over Scoot Henderson, the, the problem that I had was I just didn't want it to be solely about fit. And if you did like Brandon Miller as the better overall prospect, then fine. But, Nada, here's what I think, though. A lot of guys that had Brandon or a lot of guys that were defending Brandon right. Miller as the pick. Yeah, and they did a bad job arguing it. Well, no, will- no, that's not what I was going to say, though. I don't think that they did a bad job arguing it. You still go to most of the big boards. Most of them, they still had Scoot. They yeah. still had Scoot second. But it's okay to have nuance in this. In fact, it's preferred. You can have nuance on yeah. if you don't draft Scoot. And you get Brandon. This thing just might work out. But my thing was too, on top of just the research, yeah. the evaluation, me legitimately loving what I was watching from of Scoot course. Henderson as a prospect, on top of all of that, it did seem like most people, at least defending a potential Brandon Miller pick, were like, yo, he's really good. I still have Scoot Henderson second, but he's still really
2: good. That, and that so was that was the, the interesting part to me. That was the interesting part because the folks I had talked to after Chicago- and then the folks I talked to right before the draft were a lot like, okay, this guy is really, really good. And they had them on the same plane. A lot of this scoot is better stuff. Didn't really start popping off until late. A lot of people still had it even well, you mean like, like early and then in the middle of the process, the Brandon, the process, then okay, Brandon gotcha. Miller. And then it was, it wasn't until up, up until basically, I want to say about four or five hours away from the draft that people started saying, yo, Scoot's actually better. So I don't know if this is, again, a lot of people, including myself, got snowballed or if this was some if this was just draft speak. But from what I saw from the stuff that people that I trust told me to reconsider, they have them on the same plane. I think Scoot, we're not going to talk about fit because fit, I don't think should matter when you're talking about top two. Mm hmm. But for me, if you're telling me I can have the explosive point guard that also takes the ball away from the guy that's really, really good with the ball in his hands, or I can have the shooter that does everything really, really well and can possibly, if he hits two-thirds of his ceiling, be an all-NBA guy, like. Give me this. Give me the height. Give me the length. Give me everything that this team seems to need at this point. So you did end up with Brandon Miller above Scoot at the very end, or at the, at the end, at the end. Because again, we'll we'll peel this back. We'll peel, peel this back a little bit again. We'll we'll go be behind the curtain. Okay. Because I think we texted what about a week before the draft? Yeah. And on some information that there were certain people that preferred Brandon Miller in the organization. So once I knew that, I went back. I looked again. So you were preparing yourself. I was, Yeah, I was very much preparing myself for this, <laughs> very much. But, I'm, but I was okay with it after I started really looking back at it. And the biggest thing I think I came away with is that February stretch where he's clearly in trouble. He clearly needed to be suspended. And that dude kept showing up and making big shots, taking big shots, up until the tournament where he clearly was hurt. But that guy's got a mental toughness that is very much needed on this roster. That February stretch where he's getting booed out of the gym, everybody saying, calling him everything but a child of God <laughs> on those road games. And he showed up and he played. So I can't really, like, that's a mental toughness that we've seen this team lack in from Miles Bridges when we remember the Miles Bridges throwing the the mouthpiece incident in the playing game, yeah, to people missing clutch free throws down the stretch, costing games. That dude's gonna show up. I like that kid's mental toughness. And I, I, again, I'm just one of those that's like, you know what? Let's, let's let it cook. Let's look. I like the, well, I like and the, that's, the look, ingredients. that's I that I can get there. We can all
1: get to the point where we can just let it cook and see what the product is because yeah. you have no choice, to be honest, unless you just want to be miserable that they didn't draft hey, scoot hey, and then hey, go there, to a there, different there's team.
2: A, there's also a theory on that where I think that there are certain sects of this Hornets fan base that enjoy being miserable.
1: Well, sometimes when you don't have a winning product, like people will put themselves there. I do want to see the light. That would be fantastic. If Brandon Miller can help you get there, then that'll be great. The whole Lamello getting the basketball taken out of his hands thing. Brandon's going to do that too. This is, this is my, this is my complaint about that. Yeah. Because Brandon Miller, if we think he's going to be more of the 2.5 where he's not going to play four, he's not gonna be strong enough to deal with power forwards right
2: now. Uh, He's going to play two, three for the, for most of his career. Yeah.
1: So if you put him at the two, three spot and the reason you draft him at number two is because you want him to become one of these high end comps like Jason Tatum, Paul George, Whoever it is, make your pick. My 90th percentile outcome is like Brandon Ingram for me. That's what I think. And Brandon- Or Middleton.
2: Middleton works too.
1: Yeah, I just think Middleton's stronger. Like 20 yeah. pounds heavier. I don't see Miller being putting on that kind of strength. The NBA does a great job of putting pounds on you for sure. But just get me 210 Brandon Miller. 220 would be even better than that. Yeah. But I, I more so think of him becoming Brandon Ingram and not necessarily being a great guy that gets to the rim all the time. Regardless of all of that, Those guys have the basketball in their hands a lot. They do. And when you're talking about especially Jason Tatum, and we're worried about LaMelo having the basketball taken out of his hands, well, if you're doing the whole, can we get a nice created shot in half-court possession because we just give it to somebody and he's able to get a nice basket, well, that's Brandon who has the basketball in his hands. Where Scoop... Great cutter, too. It doesn't matter. You have different skill sets that could work with the off-ball thing. I just wonder if people were giving enough, because I didn't hear it a lot. In fact, I can't tell you another point that anybody would bring with Brandon taking the basketball out of Lamelo's hands, too. That's going to happen. If you want to point to usage percentages, and you want Brandon to hit the high-end comp, then Brandon's going to have the basketball in his hands as well, and therefore it balances out the criticism
2: that she had with Scoot being potentially the pick. And you're not wrong there, but what I would also say is— in that Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum type mold. But who's the best point guard either of them have ever played with? Maybe Alonzo Ball? And that was maybe for like a year? Outside of that, after that, it's an often ing- injured um, Malcolm Brogdon? Like, part of that, the high usage is both of those players have played with point guards that are, are subpar best. Like, Jose Alvarado is top three when we talk about the best point guards that they've played with. And I like Jose Alvarado, but he's a top <laughs> eight rotation guy. So we're talking about essentially guys that haven't had the the dynamite point guards to make things easy for them. What's another thing that we always talk about with Tatum? He takes a lot of difficult shots for no reason. So if you have a he's gotten goal, better at that though. He's got yeah. Well, he's not taking mid rangers anymore. That's it, the thing. True. He's taking more three-pointers. True. But that's the thing, like if you have a guy like LaMelo that can get you easy buckets, and we've seen this because LaMelo is probably the ultimate floor raiser when you start talking about improving play. We've seen two years of this when he plays over 50 games where he's going to raise it to at least 30 30 plus, 35 plus wins. We've seen all of
1: this. Well, Tatum played with Kyrie, but I guess you're right about this. Is what 803 wrote in, yeah. but but yeah, like Kyrie, uh, more of a scorer too. Kyrie's he not so a distributor. Well, the, the I I think it's a good point. Honestly, I do think it's a good point. I don't know if you really take the basketball out of Jason Tatum's hands a ton,
2: even if you do have a good point guard. But a little bit less. But it's a good point. I mean, it's a yeah. little bit less, and you get a lot easier shots. So uh, I th- I get. I get where anyone wants to say Kyrie, but Kyrie's never been that distributor ever. He's been more of a two guard than a, than a point guard his whole career. So let's talk about
1: roster, fit, rotation.
2: We want to get to the uh, elephant in the room and say that Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward probably got to go.
1: At uh, least one of them. I think everybody acknowledges the elephant, though. I think people realize that there's a really good possibility. Well, the think about Gordon Hayward is he's more valuable as an as an asset right now to, to keep. Right. I, I totally agree with that. Because one thing I I actually like about the way that James Borrego and that coaching staff handled Lamelo in his rookie year, it was they didn't throw him into the fire immediately, which he was killed for. I think I think right he they they definitely were. I think they probably waited a tiny bit too long,
2: but not a not enough to ultimately be this huge consequence. No, it wasn't. It was the perfect thing because when you go back and listen to what he said, he was like, "We're dealing with a pandemic." He's just now coming in. It's an unusual draft because that draft, if I remember right, was November. So it you're was. Oh, it was right. I mean, that so process is crazy. Qu- you had a quick turnaround to where that was never going to be fair to him to ask him to start from day one. He was never going to have that. And they did the right thing, and James Brego got killed for it. There are plenty of things that that James Brego did wrong. Inserting LaMelo Ball into that starting lineup when he did was not one of them.
1: I, I, I totally agree. To bring that full circle, I think you might have something similar to that where you could very well, if everybody's healthy, which is a big ol' if, and if they don't get traded, which is also a big old if. But if those things happen, the Brandon Miller might not start one game this year. If, and that's okay. Yeah, oh no, that's my point. I think it's yeah. totally fine. So the idea for me, Nada, you, you keep Gordon Hayward this year. You keep mm-hmm. you free thirty million dollars in cap space. That's valuable. So you free thirty million. You keep him on this year to be the guy that isn't a vocal leader. I don't know if he's going to be tutoring Brandon Miller in the locker room, but on the court, man, there's a lot of similarities in their game, to be quite honest.
2: There are. I mean, if he teaches him just to get off, get off the bounce and get that mid-range, mm-hmm. if he teaches them how to do that at the NBA level, that unlocks an entirely different skill set. And for someone that doesn't have the physical bulk to get to the rim and finish at the rim, if he can hit the mid-ranger at 40%, in a year, year and a half, mm-hmm. I think you've spent your $30 million kind of wisely because at this point, the best thing Gordon Hayward can do is teach everybody to move, to to get to that next level. We know he's done that with Miles Bridges before. I hope he can do that with a Brandon Miller because I think that's his best asset at this point. Terry Rogier, on the other hand, like I guess the question becomes at what point do we honestly start talking about Terry may need to come off the bench for this team because um, they're coming. Two- you mean this year? This year, well, for Brandon is what you are saying. No, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. either McGowan. Stop teasing me, Nada. Okay, Bryce McGowan. McGowan's or Cody Martin. I mean, you can't you can't
1: depend on it though. I the thing about that, I don't know, man. If Terry comes off of the bench for somebody that played seven games last year and someone that still has a long way to go, despite our him liking fu- him, just, just
2: show him just show him the defensive footage. Just just show him the
1: defensive. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, that would be better. Cody would have. You'd have I think, to go two years McGowan,
2: ago. I think much less McGowan's, yeah. but much more Cody Martin at this point. Uh, we we can both
1: agree that Terry is the guy that you'd trade. If you had if you, your if, ability to do so, he's the first guy out
2: the door. Oh, no, he, he absolutely is. He's the first guy that I'm thinking about, okay, we have to trade this guy. Because at this point, the way that this roster is being built, if you are shorter than, I don't know, 6'4", six, 6'5", you don't have a spot in this back, back court anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the last guy that's going to eventually get faced out.
1: All right. We're outsourcing our work. Nata Edwards, producer of ION College Basketball Podcast, walked in the studio to help us out. You said you'd be here as long as we wanted you. I think yes. I want you for one extra segment, if that's okay. That's cool. i want to get industry talk. And I know Fiddy, me and him will geek out about industry talk all the time. So Absolutely. I want this to be a roundtable of that. That'll come up in just a couple of segments. I also want to get to Fitty with baseball nostalgia. But before all of that... I'm going to get to a first Fitty flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty?
3: Fitty. All right, Walker, you mentioned that the Kings, they've been somewhat aggressive here. as free agency does get underway officially tonight at 6 p.m. Last night, they re-signed Harrison Barnes to a three-year, $50 million contract extension. And you're probably asking me, why am I bringing this up? He now has the most career NBA earnings of any former Carolina basketball player.
1: What a great nugget that is.
3: Surpassing Vince Carter, Who Wes will no longer have to see on ESPN because he has been a part of the layoffs. Yeah,
1: I do want to get to all of the layoffs. Big news, ESPN. This is one where you've often seen them lay off a bunch of behind-the-scenes people. But Vince Carter, Jalen Rose, Jeff Van Gundy, a giant. Yeah. All those uh, all those analysts are not working for them anymore. But a very interesting nugget because everybody's pointing to Vince Carter, who played in the league for 37 years. But also even Michael, which, yes, we got to give context to the whole CBA money coming in, TV deals. This is an international game now. But it's hilarious to think of Harrison Barnes as the guy with that school's rich tradition. Harrison Barnes is the guy that has made the most money from anybody out of North Carolina to play in the NBA.
2: It's wild because, again, it, we go back to the Chappelle Show thing. Hide your money. There's poor people in the house. He's going to do that at every reunion <laughs> in Chapel Hill from now to eternity until the next guy. When they do these reunion games, yeah. he's going to say, which you broke
1: ass in exactly. the dome Fanning himself with all the dollar-dollar bills. It's Wes Walker. Nada Edwards helping me out. Josh Fitty Marlowe doing the same thing. We have one more segment in the 1 o'clock hour. And then we'll go to 3 p.m. before we hand the baton off to Kyle Bailey. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on at McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken, they're true to chicken. These McKrispy,
0: only at McDonald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: you get treated around here compared to one Josh Fitty, <laughs> Oh jeez! Kyle just walked in the Planet Kia Studios he gave not a fist bump said what's up and then uh, might have flipped a certain finger to Fiddy as he was leaving that might have happened. But well, that's all right.
2: Y'all got to leave Iron Man Fiddy alone. <laughs> are I Are like you ready that. to do three hours okay. ready?
3: Or three hours and uh, ready to go That on that front with Kyle? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I get reinvigorated when Kyle walks in the door and starts insulting me. He <laughs> <Jeez>, sure <laughs> it is. You're a for punishments.
1: That's exactly what you are. Uh, we do have some news on Miles Bridges, I believe, that's kind of interesting here. Jake Fisher. That's the guy he has been writing about the Hornets and having all sorts of scoops over the past couple of years regarding the Charlotte Hornets. And here's what he writes, a part of Yahoo Sports. Quote, the Hornets don't appear to have a straightforward path to re-sign Miles Bridges. The 25-year-old forward missed all of 2023-24 following a domestic violence incident last summer. Bridges and his representation at Clutch Sports have even broached the subject of Charlotte pulling his qualifying offer to make Bridges an unrestricted free agent, sources said. Unrestricted free agent <laughs> doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense for the Charlotte Hornets to give in to this demand because, as a team, as a franchise, the thing you want first and foremost is total control over every situation possible. Yeah. If you allow him to become an unrestricted free agent, then any team can come in and scoop him. As soon as he signs the dotted line, where if he does that as a restricted free agent, at least the Hornets have a few days to decide if they want to go forward. What do you make of this report from Jake Fisher?
2: Now, I want, again, I hate to do this, but we got a role play right quick. Okay. So let's say you are Rich Paul in clutch management. All right. Ask me, as, and I'll, I'll be Mitch Kupchak. Ask me what they, again, make that request to me about being a free agent. All right, Mitch, it's been a really
1: hard year, okay. um, but I am thinking – if you wouldn't mind, could you uh, go ahead and pull that qualifying offer so we can be a restricted free agent? <laughs> <laughs> That's my response. It's a really good fake laugh. That's my response. It's one of the best. It's a real. It sounds like a real laugh. Maybe it, it's it was so
2: hilarious. that It's so like there's no point. <laughs> the Hornets are still going to be under underneath a max salary, regardless of whether they pull this offer or not. They still have to sign P.J. Washington. They still have to They still have to at least attempt to retain Dennis Smith Jr., who looks like he's probably getting the full MLE from somebody. You think full? I saw you tweet that out. That seems a little much. I guess it's not I, crazy,
1: but I don't think he gets that. Bro, you
2: we, do? Saw, we saw Vukovic um, get $20 million a year, and he's not worth that as a center.
1: Yeah, but DSJ offensively, yeah, we'll see. Twelve and a half, that'd be like, a lot of money. The
2: big thing about the, CBA, the new CBA that people need to understand is there are going to be two stars per team. And then everybody else is moving pieces in free agents. Unless you're Ishbia. Well. Unless you're the Phoenix Suns. Home. Well, well, again, there's there's Isaiah Thomas, and we, we ain't going to get into yeah,
1: that. Yeah, Isaiah get... Thomas is out here doing but, stuff again. But
2: the thing is, people are going to get paid much more because you have to get to that 90% of the salary cap by the beginning of the season, or else you're not qualifying for those tax payments. And if you're a team like Charlotte, or you're a team like Orlando, or you're another team out there, that needs to get to that 90%. What's the easiest way to do that? You overpay a role player. So there's a lot of this to where it doesn't make sense for the Hornets to do that. It becomes make us an offer. Hey, you guys want this dented can, this open box special of Miles Bridges? Just make us an offer. You Again, we may even throw you like a slightly used, gently used Terry Rozier in the process too. But it makes zero sense. And it would be it would basically be functionally irresponsible, almost a dereliction of duty to let him out. There's a lot. I, I have to make I have to make like we have to add the gravity to this. <laughs> <laughs> like I some of us gotta be Tyrone Coppel on this. This would be the dumbest move the Charlotte Hornets have done in quite a while. Well, the you're
1: only reason that. that you could maybe justify it is if the Charlotte Hornets just wanted nothing to do with the situation. But Even you're right. Then. But but yeah, I know, I know. You're right. Even I mean, then, you still want control over it, and it, it, because ultimately, if you really wanted him to go, then You'd you have could cut him. You You'd could have cut him by now. Well, you could just also let him go in restricted free agency and not match the salary. You could also just do that if you wanted to.
2: But if you really wanted to do something, more importantly, if you really wanted to do something, and everybody's been crying about they don't want this guy around this franchise anymore. They will let him go. It would have been a situation where, hey, we're going to do the easy PR move. We're not going to stand for domestic violence. We're not going to do anything. Instead, they stayed quiet. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to stay quiet for this long, you might as well sign the guy. You, you've been heavily flirting with one another for the better part of, what, three, four months now since, since everything came revealed? So he's coming back. The fact that they even tried to do this is kind of funny, though. I, I will admit that they tried to get one over on Mitch, and Mitch... Hopefully said no.
1: All right. So I did want to talk a little baseball nostalgia because this is, I I saw you quote tweet, I believe Roy Woods Jr. put this out there. And so he said, who do you have covering center field at the polo grounds? 488 feet to dead center. Yeah, Who do you have covering the grounds over there at that monumental ballpark? Uh, You quote tweeted with Andrew Jones. And I could not agree more with that. Andrew Jones would be my selection.
2: Prime Andrew Jones was the best center fielder I've ever seen. Defensively, 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 the best center fielder I've ever seen, bar none.
1: That's the guy that I would roll with. And this is also I have some weird baseball Hall of Fame soapboxes. Okay. the one that I get most passionate about is the fact that Vlad was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm still mad at the voters for that. He should have been not a don't you do it. Don't you? No, 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 no.
2: I agree. Like I'm listen, this is how old I am. I have I had high heat baseball 2003 for the PC. The cover athlete on that, Vlad Guerrero in a a Montreal Expos uniform. I love. Tall,
1: somewhat athletic Vlad with the Expos
2: is fantastic.
1: And the dude won an MVP with the Angels. And I love Expo Vlad as much as anybody. But my other one is that Andrew Jones had so little backing to get to the Hall of Fame as soon as he was eligible for it.
2: See, the thing with Andrew Jones is everyone's going to bring up the short peak to him. But at the same point, we got to like the gap between him and the next best center fielder during his prime was probably grand canyon sized i like mike cameron another excellent defensive center fielder
1: oh Fitty loves some mike cameron how about four home runs in a game mike cameron to you all right i'm sorry go
2: ahead <laughs> but like i like like i like it i like mike cameron i like the carlos beltrans that um were clean even though we're not sure when that was um but i like those guys but Prime Andrew Jones was the best center fielder probably that I've ever seen and I probably ever will see. I put him up there with Griffey in terms of their peaks was so high and they were so awesome at what they did. Yeah, just defensively, by the way, just for people to not get it twisted Offensive, because no, offensively, like no, he they, was very he good. He
1: was a bad boy for a couple of years. He wasn't Griffey offensively.
2: No, no, no. But but, yeah, but you're right, defensively.
1: Yeah, man, who was messing with Andrew Jones like that? He was a five time All Star all with the Atlanta Braves. And the problem is people are going to hold his career against him post Braves career. But he was still somebody that was able to play for a few different teams. And there was one season. I believe where he had a nice home run total, still a power. Yeah. So he gave you a, uh, well, not too much, but 1719 <laughs> for Texas and the white Sox. He had 430 career home runs. It's not bad. I think she'd be hall of fame based Absolutely. on what he's done. Um, is that okay with you? Fiddy? I was trying to, I was looking to you to see if you're going to have any Carlos Beltran or Mike Cameron analysis, but you didn't take the bait as a Mets fan, fully decked out in Mets gear. I'm surprised you didn't take the bait there.
3: Well, because if you would have said Willie Mays, I would have said, like, okay, maybe. Like, you know, that. then that would have jumped in on the conversation. Like, Beltron, yeah. You didn't have any Andy Chavez commentary to throw in there? I mean, you, you see, my baseball fandom is very— I love Andy it's, Chavez. It's, it's very weird, Nada, because I got back into baseball, like, four years ago. Oh, so like I am like I grew up loving the game, got away from baseball. Now I'm back in. It's it's right there now with basketball. Like they're one A, one B. So I'm like now going back, re-educating myself on the history of the game.
1: All right. I'm having too much fun. So not I'm going to hold you here because I want you around okay, for cool. a little bit longer. But this is the other question I'm going to throw to the text line because Andy Chavez reminds me <laughs> of him being very good at MLB The Show, just getting on base. What I would do for MLB The Show 08, Ryan Howard was on the cover. I would I would pick the Mets. That was my favorite team to play with. I'd go Jose Reyes. I forget who was second in that lineup, but I'd kick him out and I'd put Andy Chavez at second because I love speed and then David Wright as your top three. And then I would just win every single game with Chavez out, off of the bench and You're entering the starting lineup. talking about
2: players who were actually better in the video game than yes, they were that's actually the in real life. I think you got to look at a couple people. Okay. Um, James Jones is absolutely one of them. Like, current, like the old, sc- the current GM Did not basketball. Better in NBA 2K than he ever was in real life. Kyle Korver's up there. Eddie House is one for me. Eddie House is absolutely one. A bucket. Yes. A 2K walking, bucket. Yes, walking bucket.
1: Um, let's continue that convo, yeah. and let's get into some industry talk with ESPN layoffs. It's still to come in the last hour, right here on Wes and Walker. Nada Edwards, Ion College Basketball podcast producer joining us, and Josh Fiddy Marlow in the co-host chair at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.